Welcome to episode number 81. Do you know someone with cancer? Today, we're talking about that C word. The statistics are almost that one in every two humans, which is horrifying. I hate reading that number. It's horrible. Fortunately, in this day and age, we have access to brilliant minds like today's guest to help us navigate this very confusing and confronting space. So, if you or someone you know has been affected by this awful disease and maybe the therapies that come with it, then this episode today is for you. We dive into alternative therapies, alternative perspectives, and a bit of history as to how we found ourselves here and where the path may lead if we want to truly heal our bodies. All right, let's get into the show. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Welcome back to another interview episode. It's my mission to coach 150 individuals to create the sustainable, healthy lifestyle that they truly want by the end of 2020. Given that, have you had at least five vegetables today? If the answer is no and you're not fasting or on the carnivore diet, then let this serve as a reminder to go and eat up. (laughs) Now, Canada, what's up? I'm sending out some gratitude in your direction because I see you. You have been pushing this show into the charts over the last few weeks, so I really appreciate you consistently tuning in on a regular basis and allowing this grassroots Aussie podcast to keep growing, going from strength to strength. I've had a few guests from Canada now and it's allowed me to build some solid friendships over the pond, so a big thank you to Canada. Now, I've genuinely been looking forward to this chat with today's guest for a couple of months now because he speaks my language and his work is something that I often feel quite anxious to talk about in a public forum, so I'm grateful that I have him here today to chat with. His name is Marcus Freudenman and he is the director of the Truly Heal Academy, the Truly Heal Documentary and co-author of the workbook to the video, Healing Cancer with Common Sense. Marcus has dedicated his life to educating the public on how to perform critical therapies, which are proven to work in many international clinics and at home, which saves patients thousands of dollars. He also travels regularly around the world, determined to provoke change by educating both the public and practitioners on cause-finding practice and alternative cancer therapy, which, as you know, is certainly something that I support, not only for cancer, but for a multitude of diseases. In, and the approach is is essentially instead of treating the disease, it's a focus on the patient. Now, Marcus offers functional medicine, health coach education and support to thousands in the form of newsletters, webinars, courses, videos, including education on ozone, PEMF and hypothermia treatments. And the amazing man is here with us today. How are you doing, Marcus? <laughs> Very good. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm excited to get into this. This is a this is a deep topic, and I guess as I said in the introduction, it's something I often feel anxious about talking about because of the response of the public. But I'm curious, what was the catalyst for you to get into this? Because it is, I guess, in the mainstream eye, quite a contentious thing to be doing. Well, the main problem with cancer is that we are all touched by it through a friend, through a loved one, through a parent. And that's when all of a sudden an awareness um, starts unfolding. And it's a, it's a very daunting diagnose for those who get it and also for the family around. So that's what happened for us. Um, my, my dearest friend was diagnosed and it opened up, you know, like a vast 
research project. Everybody got involved and everybody was looking. My wife was looking at supplementation and course finding, and I was looking at all the miracle cures that we could find. And we just dragged everything together. And, and then we had to stand up against the oncologist who just wanted to do chemo. And it just became that that battle that many people know, you know, like what is the right way to go? What is what we should do? And um, it was it was yeah, like in the movie. You know, I was bringing in all the the the, the things that the doctor didn't want, and then the doctor <laughs> pushed what we didn't want, and then uh, my friend was confused in the middle and didn't really know which way to turn. And in the end, she gave in to fear. The oncologist really scared her so badly that she would die immediately if she didn't start chemo. And um, so she she joined, and because her detox pathways really didn't work, um, she actually died of the side effects of the chemotherapy. And to witness that and to see that and the helplessness and 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 the panic that we had at that stage, you know, really triggered an incredible emotional response that. That's on our journey. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting you mentioned that she died of the side effects of chemotherapy because I, I myself work in a cancer hospital and that is the most common cause of death is the side effects of chemotherapy or chemotherapy toxicity. Yeah. Look, it's not everybody. Many people have good detox pathways and, and they can handle them, but not everybody. And I think... Uh, there's so many possibilities with pharmacogenomics and with different different tests that we could find out prior to starting the treatment whether it's suitable or not, whether there is an advantage in using chemo or not. I'm not saying it's bad. Um, I have seen quite a number of patients who did very good complementary treatments that um, combined the, the the chemotherapy or radiation with alternative methods and didn't even lose a hair, didn't turn gray, didn't have neuropathy, uh, hardly any side effects, and had quite good results. So I'm not saying one is better than the other and, and we should all stay away. I would rather say that we prepare much better before we have those treatments. But I think that's just as as I said, it's always um, who is in charge and how much do you know when you get the diagnosis? I think, yeah, I think the interesting thing about complementary therapy is because it inherently means you would need less chemo. Would that be right to assume? There are many different ways um, where you need less chemotherapy. For example, they combine it in Europe with um, hypothermia and that means up to uh, only 30% or 70% less chemotherapy to achieve the same results uh, because it just enhanced the effects. There's so many different variations, but that's, again, just talking about what we found to be the least effective method, treating cancer. Um, when you are, for 20 years, it's now two decades that we are in research with cancer and traveled, oh God, I think I've been six or seven times around the world in so many countries and so many experts that we've interviewed and worked with and studied with. And um, cancer is very humbling. You know, every time you think, I got it now, now I know. <laughs> it's like, oh, not really. Because it's, it's like a survival mechanism of the body. and um, that's why to have that fixed rule, this is how it works, 
is something very difficult to find. So when we talk about treatments, they all just work a little bit and maybe not. And some work really well and others don't. And what came for me um, was after so many years searching and interviewing doctors, I, I met um, with Dr. Rao in Switzerland and he said, Marcus, why do you focus so much on treatments you know, treatments really don't matter as long as we don't know what we need to treat. And I said, well, cancer. And he said, duh, that's the obvious, but <laughs> that's not the problem because why does the person have cancer and other people don't? And I said, well, too much toxicity and too many infections and too much stress. And he said, yeah. Now, which one is the most pertinent? Which one causes it why do they have a weak immune system which toxin is it that triggers the disease or which infection is is related to it or do they have deficiencies and that opened up a way of thinking that really <laughs> confused me in the beginning i have to admit i always came back to treatments and he said oh you're back with treatments let's start <laughs> looking at the person and it was yeah. really sweet because he pulled out three breast cancer patients and all three patients had a completely different diagnosis. One had really self-loathing, um, has been abused in childhood, had lack of self-worth, um, high stress levels, uh, and was eating pretty badly. So she had deficiencies, she had high inflammation, she had mega leaky gut, plus that negative self-talk in the system, really ongoing, suppressing her immune system. She was sick from childhood on, quite overweight. And so that was like a, a whole stream of events leading to her cancer. The other one had EBV virus with mold toxicity. So she had uh, two co-infections and, and they really explode each other. Mold on its own is, is already difficult because the body slows down all detox pathways. But then combined with an EBV virus and with high EMF rates, she was living in a high rise um, with, with, you know, routers above, underneath, in all directions and in front of her house. And we know that when you combine EMF with mold, for example, um, that mold becomes up to 20 times, 20,000 times more toxic. Whoa. So there's so many little things that, that were really significant in her chart. And then he showed me the last one, which had MTHFR, MTRR impairment. She had, of all the detox pathways, I think um, only two in the green and the rest was orange and red. So all her detox pathways, how the body breaks down toxins in the liver were impaired. And she grew up on a farm and she grew up in, in, um, an environment where there was a lot of fertilizers and sprays and, and she had built up a huge toxicity. He said, and look, we have now three patients and I can probably dig out another 10 that have cancer. But the reason why they have cancer is completely different. Treatment is required to be very different. We need to focus on removing that cause. And that's why we put so much effort in, in analyzing a client. And whether that's stress, whether that started in childhood, um, you know, with lots of antibiotics and the biome in the gut was completely destroyed, they have leaky gut, and it was never built up. Um, dysbiosis in the gut, all of those things. And it was, 
after a while, I started to build myself a mind map and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I went to several doctors and said, what would you think is important to check out when we look at a cancer patient? And they all came up with certain minerals and nutrients and vitamins and gut um, and analysis and hormones. And, and it turned into what we call today the Truly Heal Protocol. It's actually an evaluation program to find out what drives the disease. And it's been overwhelming to see that patients spend years treating, treating, treating without success. And all of a sudden, when we look at what causes the disease, what drives the disease, how you can then start reversing the problems and the whole body. The body heals on its own. The body has such an innate capability to heal that it is mind-blowing. So we just need to get out of the way and remove those things which are in the way. Yeah, that's so interesting. You talked a lot about detox there. And in this modern world where there's just everything's manufactured, there's you know 70,000 man-made chemicals in our everyday environment, the stress is so high, we have so many you know, confusing relationships with social media, media facilitating that, is, is it... Is it just impossible to actually not get cancer? Again, what have you inherited? It, it's I, I'm a super detoxer. I was so badly poisoned with mercury. And normally, when you look at the chart, the majority of people can break down heavy metals and toxins in their system within 48 hours. You know, they, they, they go, um, and detoxify really well. And then there are some that have inherited, um, DNA problems and have deficiencies, um, so that they can't detoxify. And that's why that generalization saying everybody should detoxify, everybody has heavy metals is not quite true. We're all exposed to a lot more than we were a hundred years ago. But some people really detoxify well. Think about there's people have 20, 30 rounds of chemotherapy and are still alive. You know, wow, their detox system must work phenomenally. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, what, I, what I found is the biggest problem that we have today with medicine is that we try to streamline it, make it easy. And that happens when you go to large clinics and to conventional clinics. It's all made in an automatic modus. We've been to so many cancer clinics. They all offer for everybody the same treatments, you know, high-dose vitamin C and hypothermia and this and this without looking at the problem. And then they hope, uh, some of the doctors said, um, you know, we try everything, we take every gun that we have and hope that one works. And I found that to be a very expensive method as a patient. It's, uh, you know, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars in three or four weeks. And then your savings are gone. And then they say, Oh, and now we found something and we need to continue that for the next year, but you have no money left. And I found so many patients go down that rabbit hole and they just keep trying instead of analyzing first. And that's how we actually got into that whole process finding out what's wrong first and analyzing maybe spending $500 or $1,000 in tests. But then you know exactly what you need to do is, in my opinion, money well saved. Plus, 
it saves you a whole lot of time because you know exactly which direction or what to do first. See, if, if you have no indications and we go through the questionnaire and you have no indications of gut problems or digestive problems or uh, leaky gut problems, and then we don't need to focus on that. You might have indications of infections or hormone problems or deficiencies. And that's why we look at all the different systems first, check out where main problems indicate, and then lead the patient to adequate treatment methods that make it so much easier. And that's pretty much the main result that we've learned from, from all our studies, that analyzing the patient where the disease comes from is actually the most important and leads to the biggest success. What are those tests? And I assume those tests that you're referring to that you know equip you with the knowledge of which treatments to use, I assume they're not ones that regular doctors would have access or knowledge of. Oh, we, we try to work with the system in every possible form. <laughs> you know, there's plenty of tests. If you look at infectious diseases where, where your doctor can help, um, with prescribing those, uh, we always try to, to navigate the system in a very intelligent way. And, um, certainly stool tests, certain stool tests, um, you might need to pay on yourself or for yourself to get really the, the values out that we want or some blood tests. The doctors usually test in serum. And if serum is always perfect, you know, your body maintains perfect serum levels because that is what keeps you alive. So they leach out the calcium out of the bones. They leach out um, minerals out of every organ to keep the serum perfect. And that's when you go to the doctor and they do a serum test. Usually everything is fine. And then you do a full blood test where minerals are tested in full blood. And all of a sudden we realize you're very deficient. So there is certain tests that, that we need to pay for ourselves to find out proper results. And others, we can use the system to have your doctor prescribe, but it's certainly very, very important to do the right right tests. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so interesting. Um, what, have you had any kind of backlash from the, this experience or going down this path with your yeah with the direction of your business and the stuff you talk about? As have you had any haters? Let's say <laughs> <laughs> you always have both. You know, it would be an illusion to say you have you have more friends than enemies. I think it's always in perfect harmony. And yes, there are people who are very opposed to alternative methods. And then there is people who are very opposed to uh, conventional. And, and we try to navigate a very harmonious middle ground. I never say, um, and, and I was pretty adamant um, right in the beginning when I was like, Chemotherapy is bad. And, you know, we, we very fast chime into those um, chorus, <laughs> which isn't really right. A friend of mine is now um, treated with chemotherapy, but with alternative methods or complementary methods um, navigated through the side effects, was in a very, very good uh, hand from a doctor helping out and, and balancing the whole system. And she's still with us now after for 18 years and and doing really well. So saying one is bad, 
would certainly cause a mo- lot more haters on either side, you know, whatever you do. <laughs> but because we've never jumped that ship and, and never really fought against something, um, I would say we have certainly friends and enemies. A lot of doctors, alternative doctors, are not excited with what we do because, well, we teach patients to help themselves, to uh, heal themselves at home, to use certain treatments at home, where a lot of doctors or alternative doctors say, Marcus, that's irresponsible. You have to send them to us. And, um, well, I always say if I don't have the money and I can't go to a doctor, I still want the treatment, so I'll do it at home myself. And that's how we had to navigate ourselves uh, because it's it's expensive. Treating disease is very, very expensive, and you need to find ways to do that wisely. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Yeah, you're right. And I've been privy to a lot of conversations about trying to get compassionate access to chemotherapy and different drugs from pharmaceutical companies and doctors trying to contact them on behalf (laughs) of. And the numbers that they're talking on on, in those conversations and in those meetings is astronomical. Like where, where would people just have a few hundred thousand dollars lying around? you know (laughs) yeah exactly and that's why if we can do a lot ourselves i always say any kind of disease is never ever a short-term project because if we look at the disease from a psychological standpoint it's a stop it's a stop sign and depending on what kind of diagnosis like fibromyalgia or heart conditions or anything they're already a serious stop sign but you know, cancer is is a really, really big one, a glowing red illuminated stop sign <laughs> that we're heading in the wrong direction. And I believe there is a symbolic with cancer and why we have so many patients, one in two now worldwide um, being diagnosed because of we're heading in the wrong direction. And it's it's our convenience that catches up with us, all the plastic toxicity, all the um, the sprays, um, the convenience of the supermarkets, um, storage problems. You know, it's, it's all driven by so many um, income revenues and, and taking the fruits off, off the trees before they are green, uh, before they are ripe, um, just to 
to have a better storage and and um, better um, yeah revenue from the warehouses just just steals us the possibility to have good nutrient values. And I found that it, 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 it's so many different areas where we have that problem that, that we need to become conscious on how we feed our family, what the surroundings are, what the furniture is that we buy, what the EMF routers and, and uh, exposure to EMF is, how clean we keep everything uh, in regards to mold, how personal hygiene is not overdone so that we kill our immune system. You know, so many things that we need to be educated, and that's where the problem is. Most people don't have that education. They trust. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. And um, I think people confuse social evolution with genetic evolution and don't really realize or or, or aren't given the information that we're actually still the animals we were, you know, 100,000 years ago. Very little has changed. Yeah, we have mobile phones now, but we still have the same gut biome and and very destroyed. I I just um, spoke about the gut um, at a recent conference and it was scary how little people actually identify or know about their their bacteria in their gut and how important they are how much influence that they with their dna and and with their uh programming actually make our life possible so that um we we can extract the vitamins and minerals into our system we need those bacteria and if we have a completely imbalanced biome in the gut, then the mind doesn't work. We have no happy hormones. We have no sad hormones. We have or too much of either. You know, it's it's the whole system gets out of balance just by having the wrong bacteria in your gut. And that's just one problem. I always say when you when you look at our evaluation, it's, uh, it's uh, 200 questions that we go through for the first evaluation and they give us indication in which area we need to drill or where tests would be would be suitable and it's phenomenal how accurate you can pinpoint the problem uh even down to the age when it started you know like when when the first event happened that triggered the whole chain of diseases leading to cancer or leading to any chronic degenerative disease yeah, that's 200 questions. That's definitely bigger than the two pages you might get when you walk into the, the clinic at the hospital. <laughs> uh, some clinics do that. They they take their time to evaluate. Um, often they take all the questions and then they don't do anything with them. See, I've, I've seen so many, so many different variations of medicine and how they are used that sometimes you learn the most phenomenal things, but then they aren't practiced. Many clinics, they have all the facilities, but they, they forget. They forget to use them. So what we've done is really streamline the process and put a program together that works for pretty much everyone because we trigger or we, we attack the most prominent problem in your body first, um, whether that's infections or deficiencies or whether that's toxicity, which are the three main physical ones. And then we look at stress levels always because a lot of people, you know, you know, those who twitch with their eye and say, I'm not stressed, I'm not stressed, I'm not stressed. <laughs> I was one of those. <laughs> well, sometimes I am still one of those, but 
Yeah, um, managing um, the day-to-day life um, and and getting people into a more relaxed state, um, bringing some breathing techniques into their life, which is phenomenal when you see the changes that happen when we target those four basic areas and, and clean those up. Out of curiosity, do you use fasting at all? Because I know Professor Volta Longo, um, who's the director of gerontology um, at California University, I think, he's done a lot of uh, uh, intermittent fasting studies with um, mice undergoing chemotherapy and found a, a significant improvement in the capacity to endure the process. So I'm wondering if in your you know, uh, experiments and research you, you use or have discovered anything around intermittent fasting or water fasting? Yeah, certainly. It's, it's proven that it improves the or reduces the side effects by almost 30% uh, from chemotherapy. So before patients go, we have a, a significant preparation program uh, because we all know chemotherapy, for example, is a high oxidative treatment. So if you don't have enough oxygen in your system, then chemotherapy becomes very toxic. If you have lots of oxygen available in your system, then chemotherapy actually works. So what we do is we prime patients dramatically before they go into chemotherapy with oxygen therapy. They go on to intermittent fasting beforehand and they have a two-day water fast before they get chemotherapy. So there's so many things you can do um, to build up your antioxidant levels, uh, to trigger your, your cells all to be protected. See, um, chemotherapy as an oxidative treatment is supposed to kill all fast dividing cells and your immune system are fast dividing cells too. So we need to protect those that we don't want to eradicate. And we can do that very well with ozone. And with a few base minerals that we give to those patients um, prior to to um, any kind of conventional treatment, so they build up an enzyme shield, an enzyme protection around all the healthy cells that they don't get infections, that they don't get weakened, that they don't get uh, destroyed by the um, oxidative therapies. So there's many things you can do and therefore increase the outcome, increase the results. Yeah, I love I, that's music to my ears. I've done a lot of um, homework into fasting and cancer myself. Um, and it was probably the information that really made me open my eyes to alternative therapies. And now I, you know, work with clients doing those types of things. I do, you know, a couple day water fast every month. Yeah, just sort of as bodily maintenance. Uh, yeah, like I, I love it. I'm, I, and it's so good to hear that your findings have been the same. It was funny. We we were introduced in India. We traveled from all South India all the way up to North, um, going from one Ayurveda clinic to the next. And one of the main things they do is uh, water fasting um, before any kind of intense treatments and enemas in cleaning. And, and uh, that was so beautiful to see the effects um, on patients by doing that. Yeah, I, I, I found, you know, there's too many treasures and, and many have heard, but to put that all together is very rare. It's like you find uh, a golden nugget in each of the clinics. Mm-hmm. And if you put all the golden nuggets together, you have a 
really golden program. <laughs> and that's pretty much, I'm not saying we invented any of what we do or we came up with it. It was more or less collecting the, the gems that we could find on the way. I'm curious to ask you, um, like, so a lot of my mentors that I that I look up to in this space were very much medical doctors that, you know, practiced either in cancer or any number of diseases for 20, 30 years before they stood up out of the conventional system and said, hey, this is wrong. Um, the, you know, big pharma runs the system. We're just pumping people full of drugs and then transitioned themselves over to, you know, alternative therapies or a combination of therapies between conventional and natural. And so, I really look up to that group of people because they had the courage to, I guess, see the truth in in what they were trained to do and, and able to step above it. But I'm really curious from your experience filming the documentary, what do you think connected all of the doctors, the medical doctors that we in your, in your documentary talking about all of these alternative therapies that practice medicine in this you know sort of more alternative natural way what is the thing in all of those individuals that makes them different from the conventional doctor that thinks you know the stuff that we talk about is all just hippie nonsense i think you mentioned it it's passion <laughs> it's passion i haven't found any of those doctors that are not really really passionate um most of them attend pretty much every conference around the world where they discuss. Um, I've, I've, that's how I found my doctors that I wanted to work with. I went to those cancer conferences and those who stood up in a presentation said, we tried that and we tried it with vitamin D3 and we added more zinc and selenium and we did this and we couldn't get the treatment to work. And I was like, that's a doctor I want to work with. So I stood up and <laughs> contacted Dr. Haller, for example, or Dr. Hager in Germany. And they, they do very passionate testing. You know, everybody knows, oh, B17 cures cancer and uh, GCMAF cures cancer. It's, it's that jargon that we use from the internet and what we've heard from people. And so I went to those doctors and said, well, you use them or do you still use them? And they said, ah, we dropped it. We, we tried it for two years in all variations. And then they show you, you know, we tried it on um, different types of cancers, 50 patients each. Then we tried it uh, with increased levels of vitamin D3. For example, artemisinin had a big breakthrough because of that, because they tried out in different variations. And when they elevated um, iron and um, and um, uh, D3, they all of a sudden could improve the results of artemisinin dramatically. And then they share that and they discuss, and then they have five or six doctors testing the treatments and seeing whether they all work. And that's where I found that passion, that that research, that testing out if things really have the results that are promised was, for me, the driving force. And, um, yeah, that's what my doctors all had. They had that curiosity and not just well, blind faith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just interesting because I can't imagine anybody in the place that I work uh, giving credence to a conversation like this. I can imagine people sort of just laughing or just being like, oh, I don't have time to look into that or, 
Yeah, or you know, the information might be so profound that it actually changes their entire life's work. <laughs> I, I think that that's got <laughs> something to do with it as well. As well, it's like I've spent thirty years doing this, and now you're going to tell me there's an answer. There's been an answer all along. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's just it's just interesting to understand what uh, drives those people. I said in the beginning, cancer is very humbling. Um, we had many situations where we thought, oh, we got it, we got it, we found it. And sometimes it's not meant to be. I, I'm not saying that, um, you know, we, we are not capable of helping, but sometimes it's the patient's way out. It's, it's too overwhelming life, too many responsibilities, tired um, at a certain stage or too much abuse to the body for too long time. And you can't reverse. So that that humbling factor with cancer is something that we we felt very strong. And you know, like when I picked the title "Cancer is Curable Now," I thought, "What an idiot have I been <laughs> to pick a title <laughs> like that?" Um, and and some doctors came back said, "Marcus, it's preventable." And that may be, and you know, like they were a lot more cautious with their things, but saying it's curable, you are pretty on top. And I, I, you know, that was our first five years when we did the research and we were very enthusiastic, um, but I would be more cautious to say the same thing today. There's so many factors that need to be addressed and we need to stay humble. Yeah, and I totally resonate with that too because I, as much as, uh, you know, I get interviewed and on different things and, you know, you have small windows of time to answer questions, there is just a, a, a monstrous list of variables that go into such a complex disease. Um, however, I think approaching it with conventional medicine is, you know, just too much or, or sorry, too little of the amount of tools that you can use. And I think that's where the problem lies is not that conventional medicine is bad, as you've said in this interview, but it's just that there are so many other tools that the system judges, ignores, doesn't include. Um, and as as you say, like, unfortunately, it's some people's time to pass on. Like, that's just a factor of life. Yes. And we all have to go, so it's not it's not that, <laughs> that the question. But let me give you a little bit of, um, and I uh, put a link together for your listeners, um, which covers pretty much the approach that we do, and it covers a lot of background. Um, we have it on trulyheal.com forward slash Matty for all your uh, listeners, M-A-T-T-Y, um, just trulyheal.com forward slash Matty. And they will find there a functional medicine training. Now, the reason why we called it functional medicine is actually because we, we dive into the problematic that causes cancer in the first place. And what are the most significant factors that we found in all cancer patients? And actually, not only cancer patients, Lyme patients, fibromyalgia, any chronic degenerative disease is treated in the same way. We look at what drives the disease and we cover, I think, eight different fields that need to be looked at. For example, I mentioned um, deficiencies. They are so important. And it's not that you might not eat well, but you could flush out a lot of iodine or flush out a lot of zinc 
uh, because you have a heavy metal poisoning. So if you have mercury in your mouth, your body tries to flush out the toxins by using iodine and selenium. And um, because it's nonstop used to flush out those toxins, especially if you still have mercury in your mouth and it fumes out all the time, then you get more and more and more depleted. If you have certain bacteria in your gut, they use up all of those minerals. And other bacteria don't produce enough minerals or pull them out of the food. So there's too many factors that we need to address just uh, to understand that you're not deficient. And I've seen patients, they go into the clinic and nothing works, no treatment response whatsoever. And then we hook them up, um, we test their deficiencies, they go onto an IV drip and get all the base minerals and vitamins and B-complex um, IV and their system is like rebooted and all of a sudden treatments start working and and their body starts healing and they they have overall 50 times more energy because the um, ATP cycle starts working again. That is one of the key factors that we always look and um, so deficiencies is number one. Toxicity, you already know, we live in a toxic world and if your pathways don't work properly, it's really detrimental. Then we look at um, infections and just knowing, let's say you have a certain type of cancer, we can already check for, let's say, two or three or four um, bacterial or viral infections that are directly linked to that type of cancer. That's what Rife, Raymond Rife with his Rife technology actually could prove that every single cancer is related to a certain bacterium or certain infection. So... Um, treating those infections and knowing which one and which treatments work best for that, what kind of herbs, what kind of supplementation is required, that's the, the third step. And then we look at systems, you know, whether your kidneys actually work properly, whether you can chelate all those toxins out from your system or whether you just cause more and more problems for your, for your kidneys. Um, your cold and heat uh, regulation, how hot your body runs, um, determines how well you can detoxify. So there's so many little things that we need to look at in all the different, the hepatic, the renal system, the immune system, uh, cardiovascular system, and checking how well they work and which we can support in the right way. And then looking at hormones, messengers of life, inflammation, stress, that's pretty much the program that we offer to clients. So when they go through those, um, I think it's six or seven videos, um, they learn how to look at their body to analyze why am I sick? And I think as soon as you can give an answer to that question, you know how to cure yourself. You know, it's pretty logical. If I know what breaks my car or what's wrong, I know what to fix in order to make it run smooth again. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that cause-based approach because, yeah, with chronic disease, if you don't know the cause, you're just sort of, you know, swinging a bat in the dark, <laughs> trying to hit the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many beautiful examples. They always say, um, "Thanks so much for the link as well." <laughs> yeah, there's so many, there's so many beautiful examples. You know, when you're dropped off anywhere in America with a parachute and you don't know where you are. 
And I tell you to go to, let's say, Chicago, you might walk into the wrong direction because you don't know your starting place. And uh, for any navigation, that is the most important place because um, otherwise you have no no way of knowing which way to move. And I, I always say, once we have a proper diagnosis and we know exactly what is out of place in your system and out of whack, we know what to treat in order for the system to repair itself. And it works. It really works um, charmingly. Yeah, great. And again, thanks so much for uh, yeah putting that link, uh, giving us that link, because I'll put that in the show notes below so that everybody can access your stuff. But where else can everybody find you online? Uh, look, when they go to trulyheal.com forward slash Matty, then they have access. There's a little pop-up box um, that comes up. Just fill in your name and email, or you can subscribe via Facebook and Google and, you know, like those social media uh, connections. And um, once you've done, you have access to the free documentary. You have access to our free functional medicine training, which takes you through those six areas that are most important to look at. We have thousands of patients going through that program um, every month. Um, and the feedback that we get is absolutely mind-blowing because it, it first off, well, for most patients, it's first time clear that every disease has a cause. You know, sometimes I have one of those cartoon images in my documentary where, you know, you turn the wheel and then you're lucky you won cancer. And um, I remember Don Tolman speaking about it, you know, like nobody has coughed cancer on you. Um, and it's actually true. It's, it's a process that develops in the body. And from until you have a lump bump stage, you know, so that it can be diagnosed with, with a lump, let's say a centimeter in diameter, um, you, you have that thing for seven years. It's growing consistently for seven years until it has the size of a tennis ball and um, a lot of people think oh it just happened and it didn't it's it's a slow motion growth and i've seen tumors go away really reducing back into scar tissue after the 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 course was resolved the body tries to heal the body always you know i always say your body loves you <laughs> and it does the body <laughs> really tries its best to to heal if we get out of the way, if we remove the problems, and uh, once we do, uh, I've seen I've seen recoveries that were more than miraculous. Yeah, that's so great to hear. And for everybody listening, um, I will put Marcus's links down below in the show notes. And of course, if you've learned anything from this episode, or you think anyone could benefit from knowledge. Uh, in conjunction with their cancer journey or their conventional medicine journey, um, I definitely recommend jumping on that link and take a screenshot of this episode, share it on Instagram, share it uh, on whichever social media platform that you enjoy hanging out on. Um, and to finish up, Marcus, I just would like to ask you, what is one piece of health information you wish more people knew about? Oxygen. <laughs> it really is the most important thing. Whether you do the Wim Hof method for breathing to alkaline your body and to pump your body full with, with um, oxygen, or you do any of the treatments, hyperbaric oxygen, um, the altitude training, um, just, just taking the time every day, 10 times during the day, to do deep breathing just for a few minutes, whether you do pranayama 
Uh, it doesn't really matter. We use mostly ozone as a therapy to increase oxygen levels. But if we all had more oxygen in our system and, you know, with our sedative lifestyle and drive through pharmacies and drive through supermarkets, <laughs> you know, we, we, we get a little bit out of balance in regards to oxygen uptake. Oxygen is the main element that all our patients, whether that's chronic fatigue patients or depression patients or cancer patients, all lack is oxygen. So there's so many factors that yeah. Um, yeah, transform straight away as soon as you, you increase that level. Ah, oh, that's awesome. I love to hear that. And I'm a big fan of the Wim Hof method and, and I have my own clients doing different breathing techniques as well. So, I love that last final tip. But Marcus, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I'm really grateful for this conversation and that we've connected. And yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can do another chat in the future. Yeah, I'd love that. We could focus on particular treatments that we do with thousands of people at home, you know, which replicate medical treatments like hyperthermia, for example, or ozone therapy that they can do at home and save thousands of dollars and maintain their health and immune system for, for years to come. So it's definitely worthwhile. Oh, that sounds great. Thanks so much for being on the show, mate. We'll catch you soon. Thank you too. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks, Marcus. See you later. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use, and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.